you are listening to Wrestle Wolf. I am Damian Gibson, uh, and joining me, as always, is the mystery, the enigma. It's Matthew. Your intro of me every week sounds so much more exciting than what my life is. So, like, I just, <laughs> it's the whole reason why I do this. Yeah, we're a couple of fucking uh, grumpy, <laughs> grumpy middle-aged men. Uh, if. <laughs> If our pre-podcast conversations anything to go by, um, so let's try and let's try and uh, lighten each other's moods and the listeners by talking some wrestling. Um, did you want to quickly talk about Dark at all before we get into Fight for the Fallen? You just want to get straight into the, um, I, the I, big stuff. I thought Dark was really good. Like, I don't think there was any particular match that I wanted to talk about, but I think, like, having big stars fight jobbers is cool and, like, is the wrestling that, like, I grew up on, that you grew up on, Mm. and it's just, like, it's enjoyable. Like, it's just pure wrestling. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Um, And there's some – I really – I was actually kind of – this is a big statement. I think I was a little bit more excited by the end of Dark than I was of Five for the Fallen this week, just in the sense of like the um, what the future holds for the company if they manage to hang on to people like uh, Ricky Starks and, and Brian Pelman Jr. Like both of those guys, I was like, they could be huge stars moving Moving forward, not that like either of them did anything that spectacular on Dark. It was just that thing of like, oh wow, they've got another two young guys they're, that they're blue chippers. Yeah, like I think Ricky Starks is so legit and so ready. Um, yeah, and Brian Pillman Jr. could be as good as Brian Pillman, which is a pretty big. Uh, as listeners of this know from me talking about anyone who was in WCW. <laughs> it's a pretty big compliment. Yeah, well, he did have the um, Half Foundation uh, ring gear. Well, not, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen that, he wasn't legitimately wearing Half Foundation ring gear, but it was very much a throwback <clears throat> um, to the, the Half Foundation, which his dad was a part of. So I thought that was really Yeah, like, look, cool, it's, right? it's, it's not as cool as having Glacier's son. But it's fine. We've got someone using Chris Canyon's uh, catchphrase. That's cool. We'll get there. I just want the blood runs cold AEW storyline. And given how much Kenny Omega loves video games, let's do it. Let's get into it. <laughs> um, cool. Well, we started the um, <laughs> we started the night off uh, with um, being told that Tony Giovanni was not going to be commentating because his test wasn't completed in a quick enough turnaround for him to, for it to be safe for him to be at the taping. So uh, he was replaced by Taz in the first half and, and Jericho in the second half. Which which and, was um, great as far as like both of them were great, but I don't like starting my like weekly escape with uh, acknowledgement of the like massive pandemic that's changing all of our lives as i think we've mentioned before (laughs) yeah well i was gonna say the complete opposite i was really happy that they did broach it because if you were if you were watching the opposition 
the it's never it never happened. I don't watch that watch that trash. I, I don't think it's been mentioned. I can't remember it even being it'll. I don't know, but it's like all those weird like all the YouTube channels have to like say they for ages they couldn't say COVID or Corona because there was so much misinformation on the the internet. So YouTube's big sort of grand sweeping statement was that no one can even mention it. <laughs> so then you had people like talking about like the current situation and like and for weeks it was like why is no one saying COVID? And then I heard from one of the YouTubers that they're not allowed. If they mentioned it, they got demonetized or oh. something. So they can they can like make it like a stipulation of like a Jeff Hardy match that if he loses he has to be like injected with PEDs or something. But like <laughs> That's, they yeah. can't mention coronavirus. Like if if, no. if if he loses he has to drive a car at high speeds while intoxicated. Yeah, no they save <laughs> what they um, they're saving it up for when Roman Reigns comes back <laughs> and then they're going to have him in a uh, <laughs> In a contagious lab match. Oh, good. Um, That'll be really contagious good. diseases <laughs> lab match. That's um, good shit. You know, and they'll, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's good shit. And they'll just be, you know, teasing him for being terrified of like dying and like killing his family. Mm. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> the first match we had was uh, the TNT champ putting his belt on the line again, which is the um, what happens with an open challenge. Uh, against the Concrete Rose Sunny Kiss. And this started with uh, Cody coming to the ring with Arn, which was fine. Uh, and then Sunny Kiss coming out and doing a. I'm too old, male, and white to know what this is actually called, but like a dance routine. <laughs> um, All I know I'm sure is. like some cool kid's name for it, but it was, yeah, really. I really enjoyed it. JR kept calling Sonny she, which was a reference to JR calling Sonny she and then people getting upset about it and then JR saying, well, actually, Sonny doesn't mind. And so, like, now it's, like, this intentional thing he does, like, when he upset people by calling, like, Jungle Boy, Jungle Jack Perry. Now he's like, well, now I call Sonny Kiss she or he interchangeably because, like, I'm significantly oh. more important than the enjoyment of the audience. Yeah. Well, I've got a few notes on. I've actually got a JR's corner segment oh, for halfway through the <laughs> for halfway through the episode. I thought I imagined that. I didn't write it down because I just was like, I'd had such an awful day, <laughs> and then I had a migraine all day that I was just like, oh, I'm 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 at fever dream pitch here. Like I'm just imagining things to get upset about, but he was actually saying she, right? Yeah, he was. Um, I don't, I don't want to dwell on this because I have other significant problems coming up later uh, that I really need to focus my rage on. Um, well, let's go, let's go. I was just going to concentrate on a positive for a second. I really liked, there was a lot of uh, blowback about uh, Sonny Kiss even being in this match, which in 2020, I cannot believe that this is a fucking thing, but yeah. it is. Uh, and we had Cody and pretty much everyone on the roster in AEW in some shape or form coming out defending Sonny. Um, you know, even even Jericho, who at times can be sort of wayward when it comes to saying and doing the right things, 100% was behind Sonny Kiss. And, and I really like the fact that um, Sonny Kiss doubled down on who he is mm. in this entrance, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
that it was like not only am I here, but I'm going like you know, and and like props to the elite and Tony Khan and everyone at the company for you know not allow you know I suppose allowing something to be able to do that. Uh, I really, I really liked it. Like I was not blown away because I'm used to AEW being this sort of progressive with things, but I was like, I feel like this is a bit of a tiny bit of history yeah. here. Well, I mean, you're look, seeing it. it's different to like how WWE would have a straight character, Finn Balor, come out wearing like rainbow tights and be like, look, see, we're fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas this, I actually thought from an artistic perspective, having Sunny Kiss come in this way and then immediately the like aggression and brutality of the match uh, like really contrasted really well because this was immediately like quite like aggressive. Mm. Like Cody was was yeah. vicious. Yeah, he was. Um, and I thought like Sonny Kiss really sort of showed, I mean, you've seen it before in other matches and stuff, but this is a, the first sort of big singles match that I've seen Sonny Kiss in. Mm. Um <clears throat> And yeah, like he was hitting really, like both of them are really going at each other. Um, and when Cody hit the turn, the the exposed turnbuckle, I I thought that Sunny Kiss was going to win. Like, a, and I think that's the first time in a TNT title match. And I know that the story they're telling is that Cody's running himself raw and he's getting, you know, and they're doing it really, really well. But like at that moment, I was like, oh fuck, he's about to lose. <laughs> Yeah, I did have a. I, I don't know if that specific moment I thought the same thing, but there were a couple of moments where I was like, yeah, maybe they will. Maybe they will. And then I was like, no, of course, no, no. Um, but yeah, I what I did, like, I, I noticed that, um, and I don't know whether this was intentional storytelling or not. I assume it probably was. But Cody, for a couple of times, went for submission moves, which I think sort of allowed Sonny as a character to show that he wasn't going to give up yeah. his big spot considering all the bullshit that had happened on socials in the week leading up to this match, which I thought was another really nice little mm. touch just in the, in the, not just in the storytelling of this match, but also in the telling of, of Sonny Kiss has a character going forward. And I, and I think uh, probably the, the most notable thing historically out of this match is going to be, like, they've been doing that thing where you're like, are they going to turn Cody heel? Is Cody going to be a heel? And, like, now it is very, very, very clear that Cody is going to be a heel. And I think, uh, I mean, I've been talking about this for a long time and you've been calling me crazy, but the, <laughs> tal the Tully Blanchard staring on, very clearly there is a four horsemen coming. Uh, you're insane. Anyone who anyone who picked that like six weeks ago is a crazy man. <laughs> I, I have more to say about this a little bit later because I, I think you I think you've got the uh, I think you've got the mathematics of who makes it up a little bit skewed. But uh... yeah, I'm starting to think that as well. But I also think that they anyway. We'll, we'll get to that when when all those guys are involved. Um, the commentators were talking about Tully scouting Cody Rhodes a lot in this mm. match, though. Like they, they really, they really like triple, quadruple down on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, God, that's that might be the worst sentence of English I've, I've ever 
had come out of my mouth. But um, <laughs> but you guys know what I mean. It was something that was being pushed very obviously. Is it just me um, or does does Tully Blanchard look like he used to sort of just look like a really sort of tough guy that had just sort of bland, you know, like black hair, shaved, you know, whatever. Yeah. Now he looks so insanely menacing. <laughs> he does, actually. Like he's just got that sort of like old guy that you're like, oh... You make me feel uncomfortable. You remind me of my own mortality. And I know that, like, <laughs> you've done bad things in the past. Yeah. And that's, like, I just, I, I, like, I really like him as a character all of a sudden. Yeah. His face tells a story without, Sean you Spears. Know, without him having to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Sean Spears this oh. week. His big promo was on Dark. Thanks, so. Christ. <laughs> yeah, so uh, anyway, Cody got the win uh, with this one. Um, yeah, I was going to read out a whole bunch of moves, but I think that's kind of boring. It's <laughs> um, Cody, yeah, Cody got the win, continues to be TNT champion, but I don't think um, I don't think Sonny loses any friends besides the bigoted, uh, homophobic ones that. We're never going to be his friend anyway. Um, I think with this Yeah, I think Sonny just, like, made the Sonny, Joey, Janela tag team, like, way more threatening. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, 100%. Great. Yeah, and I really, really like that tag team. I want, to, I want to see more of those guys, maybe a program with the best friends or um, mm. maybe Lucha Brothers or something. Um Speaking of Lucha Brothers, we had FTR versus the Lucha Brothers in the next match. I don't, I don't want to like spend this whole episode talking about entrances, but the Butcher and the Blade being <laughs> the Lucha Brothers driver is like the greatest thing going in pro wrestling. <laughs> like, I don't know well, where they picked them up from. It couldn't have been too far because like one of them was in the back, and like legally you couldn't, you can't drive around the streets uh, so like maybe they've met in the car park and they're like oh okay we don't want to go to the like change room you hold the door open make sure no one sees while we get changed then oh do you want us to just like take you in in the car like it's fantastic i love it so much i'm like i'm all in on the butcher and the blade at the moment oh yeah man like uh, the butcher and the blade uh <laughs> I'm really, <laughs> I'm really liking. Um, now, I just for for anyone else who is as interested in uh, the FTR's truck as I am, it was good to get some resolution because I don't know if you guys remember last week. I was worried because they hadn't really sort of resolved the truck storyline, and um, it seems like you know they still had the the bad guys, the baddies still had it. So. I was happy that that storyline had paid off, you know. I like that they were um, that the commentators were like, you can't just steal someone's truck. And it's like, yeah, you can't. Oh, well, this was, yeah, now that you've brought this up, right, this was my, this was the big, like, I was already shitty with JR. And then I was like, oh, no, I, no, just shit all over kayfabe, man. Seriously. <laughs> like, I liked it. What the fuck? You liked mm. it. He's right. You can't just steal someone's truck. Yeah, in real life, yes, but not in wrestling. In wrestling, okay, if that's the rules, then 
JR is insane. So if we're being that literal, like literal about everything, JR is insane because he thinks that Mark Calloway is an actual dead man who's been walking around like killing people and sending them to hell for 25, 30 years. Well, prove, prove him wrong. Prove that lunatic Jim Ross wrong. <laughs> I like, look, I like storylines in wrestling. And even if it is a dumb story, like these guys stole these guys' trucks, truck or whatever, I was, I was into that story, as you could tell. But I, but I think saying that, like, first of all, it, the fact that the butcher and the blade were smart enough to steal a truck off off two people who weren't going to report it to the police and were instead like, "I'm going to punch your friends with my fist if I see him," and they're like, "Like they've just been like driving around in a free truck for a week." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't that way more entertaining than just, you know? Big burly guys come to the ring and fight each other because they're wrestlers. No, but it opens up the uh, the the opportunity for police to be called in the future, and for just like it to just AEW to go full law and order, not like WWE police where they just come and break <laughs> up fights, but where we go through the whole justice system, and it's like, well, look, actually, the butcher and the blade have been sentenced to six months. It's suspended, but they can't go into the ring because it's like that kind. Of, that would be a breach of their bail, um, and that's really problematic. Um, actually, they're here as community service. Um, that's why they're, they're in the audience. Um, they're driving <laughs> Pentagon Junior and Ray Phoenix as uh, as as community service. So, yeah, but in their truck, not in FTR. <laughs> yes, truck. no, in a, in a separate truck. Um, Okay. Sorry. Well, how did you feel about JR making the uh, do the the butcher and the blade <laughs> work in a bakery joke for the fourth week in a row? Because um, they're wearing a white. Because they were wearing a white mat. I don't know if you got the joke, but they were wearing a white. So JR was like, "Do they work in a bakery?" I hate it so much. It's stupid, particularly because of remember that MJF promo early on that showed that the butcher and blade actually work in a butcher shop. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we know they don't, JR, you stupid idiot. Um, <laughs> stupid no idiot. one's a butcher um, and a baker, I don't think. I can't. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. But then, uh, like, that joke makes me angry and JR makes me angry, but then there is a guy in a baker's delight ad that looks a hell of a lot like the blade, I've got to say. And look, I'm, so, I'm going to be honest because I just had a quick, Google in Belangelo, a notorious uh, area of Australia, there is a butcher and baker. So maybe anyway, we should move on. Um, I don't think it's them. I can't be sure, but I've you know I've been wrong before. Clearly, <laughs> um, the match was the FTR versus Lucha Brothers. So. We don't really need to talk about the quality of this. I don't think it was everything that I sort of expected to, to it, uh, expected it to be on a Wednesday night. It was pretty pretty yeah, good. I, hey? Yeah, I think they've probably got. I think both teams have probably got a couple more gears up that they can go. Yeah. but you know, you save that for a, a pay per view in front of an audience of twenty thousand or whatever. Um, and I think FTR getting the win is probably. It's probably right after last week, like losing the, 
the greatest wrestling match of all time. And particularly the um, way they did, like ripping the mask off and then they really like Excalibur did a great job of like saying in Mexico that will be a disqualification. It's not here. Yeah. They've used this to their advantage. Like it, it made everyone look good. Yeah. And again, it shows the worth of Excalibur. Yeah. Like when he is allowed to, he's very good at filling out the the story, you know. Um, And I know that we've been giving a lot of shit to Jay up, but he just doesn't do that in AEW. He he doesn't know the roster well enough. He doesn't seem to care enough. Um, Excalibur does. And so when he does get the opportunity to fill those gaps in, he does it really, really well. Yeah. No, it's really good. Um. Yeah, I, th- I thought the whole match was great. I like their is is their finish is their theme song new. Oh well, the, yeah, I've got that in my notes. Uh, the entrance uh, video and song package for FTR is is new, and I don't know if you noticed, but for some reason FTR uh, were walking around a sort of abandoned warehouse area. Sort of fits in with their like you know blue collar. Mm. You know, rough guy image, except they were in their full wrestling gear and their wrestling gear is basically just a pair of <laughs> underwear and boots. So it, why? Well, you've clearly <laughs> never worked in a factory. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want to wear loose clothing because that can get caught in machines. So the blokes just walk around in uh, right. underwear and boots because you don't want to stand on nails cool. and you don't want to uh, get, get your... <laughs> Dick stuck in a machine. Um, and that's where we are. Chest and, <laughs> chest and back hair is Yes, fine. of course. Uh, I, I, their, their theme song sounds like it is so Southern rock-like that it's, I know. it's just like <laughs> it is like, you know, Jack Daniels and getting punched in the face. <laughs> that's the name of the band. <laughs> Jack Daniels and getting punched in the face. Uh <laughs> also, um, now I, I don't know if you want to talk. You, do you want to do Horseman talk now, or do you want to save it for a little bit later? Because... Well, I want to talk about it in, in the like little bit of the next segment with o- Omega Page, like the the um, like the end. Uh, like okay. so, what what I wrote down was like that. I look forward to Omega Page FTR feud, um, but it's like sort of a strange way to build it with Kenny. Um, but I was like, I guess it makes sense if like Kenny's invested and Paige isn't, and then like Paige turns heel on Kenny. But obviously, considering what happens later, that's not what's going to happen. No. Well, let's yeah, okay, let's get to that when we get Ooh. to it. Um, so yeah, we had uh, FTR win that match, which makes sense. Um, they're they're a big deal. They're a big deal for AEW. They need to be winning matches. They can't they can't be losing. Every week, even though last week was good as far as storyline is concerned, you need to make them look as big and yeah. uh, important as possible going forward. Um, and they did. And they also looked like real hard, nasty bastards yeah. as well. So uh, I think it was, except for the running around in their underwear in a, in a warehouse. <laughs> Which, once again, <laughs> I tell you is working class. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'm gonna wander down to Broadmeadows Shopping Centre in my underwear and a pair of wrestling boots tomorrow. And if you don't hear from me again, then I suppose you're wrong. <laughs> Good. Right. Um, 
This is the last episode of <laughs> WrestleWolf. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had a fantastic promo from uh, Chris Jericho uh, and the other guys and the others from <laughs> <laughs> Inner Circle. The uh, it's a, a commentary. Sorry, on, that's right. The commentary on the internet for this is like it's really sad that they're like talking about the ratings demographic. Like it just seems desperate. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, isn't that sort of the point? Isn't he being like yeah. a mega heel by coming out? Like, yeah. first of all, it's genius because like all the sort of smart Mark kind of fans or Marks or whatever are like really into like the ratings war. And I say that as, as yeah. someone myself yeah. who's like interested in it, I guess. But like um, the uh, having him come out and like the demo god. <laughs> yeah. it's, the demo god is brilliant. But yeah, he essentially, right, like, yeah, you're 100% right. Like he's the bad guy. Mm. And what is the bad guy's motivation? The bad guy's motivation is to bang on about fucking television ratings. Yeah. It's him saying to everyone on the internet, shut the fuck up. Like, if if he starts (laughs) coming out and being like, that segment I was in last last episode rated the highest out of any... Like, (laughs) like, that's that's fucking brilliant. That's a school. It's... It's... It is uh, meta, meta Jericho genius and... um, it's just so cle- it's so clever, man. Like as I was watching, I was just like, "This is this is awesome." Spins another fucking catchphrase out of it to like you know another one. Like, is that forty now in his career? Like, <laughs> how many? Do, like, you know, most wrestlers have like two or three. But Chris has got to be legitimately up to like fifteen over the course of his <laughs> over the course of his career. Um, I have no doubt that AW. Because I've seen Tony Khan tweet about it that they are they do worry about that particular demographic, um, but I don't think any of them really care that much. You know, as long as they've got their TV deals, yeah. I think it's maybe a little bit of sport as far as the two companies are concerned. Yeah, um, but the way fans talk about it, Jesus Christ! Well, I think it's, it's it's relatively clear that they're not taking it like they're not like concerned about getting pulled off the air if they're talking about it on the internet. On oh, the no, not at all. No, not at all. Um, and then Jericho essentially uh, started talking about how he's the you know highest rating guy and the best guy and the top guy, um, and basically called out Orange Cassidy. <clears throat> Sorry, dude. Um, called out Orange Cassidy uh, in the sense of like, well, you know, I had a great match with you and it was fantastic to to have that high caliber of match, but essentially you only had that match or that standard of match because it was with me. Um, you know, I hope you enjoy going back to the mid card essentially. Um, <clears throat> and then Orange Cassidy appeared and out of the you can't do that on television playbook put his thumb down and i think uh excalibur said thousands of gallons of orange juice yep. uh, fell from the <laughs> fell from the roof um and uh drenched the uh inner circle but in particular um chris jericho who was also wearing a white jacket i think just to show <laughs> a seven thousand dollar White jacket. 
Well, yeah, it's a seven thousand dollar. That he has played that that tune before. Remember when he had the <clears throat> remember when he had the um, light up jacket <laughs> in WWE and Dean Ambrose <laughs> ripped the light like the Christmas lights off it, and then for about seven weeks the the how much it was went up. It was like a three thousand dollar jacket. It's the Arrested it Development uh, Job joke where the suit like ends up costing <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Orange Cassidy coming in through the crowd maybe would have been the most major thing to have ever happened in AEW if there was a crowd. Yeah, I know. It was one of those moments where I was like, ah. Yeah, I know. He still looks, I don't know, he still looks like a top guy to me, man. Mm. Something has, something's changed with him where, like, yeah, he's still a bit, he's a novelty, not a joke anymore yeah. like he's his character is novel and it's weird and it's everything that is great about wrestling when like your mate comes in and goes who the fuck is this guy you're like oh he's like an orange i think i don't know um <laughs> he's like a sloth man who's like an orange i don't just watch him just watch him you'll love him you know um and i'm so happy that there's going to be more Jericho, Orange Cassidy. Because as we all know in the laws of wrestling, if the heel says that something isn't going to happen, it's 100% happening. It is definitely happening, um, which yeah. is great. So the more Jericho was like, we're definitely not having a rematch. <laughs> it's like, cool. Can't wait for that rematch, man. And then the, uh, the next match, which was uh, for me... <laughs> I, like I think this is like this was exciting. Jurassic Express versus the Elite. Mm. Um, and my first note that I took, uh, watching it live with Kenny wearing a t-shirt, sort of fighting Marco Stunt was you can't have faces wrestling Marco Stunt. Yeah. I was uh, clearly being uh, foreshadowed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should write wrestling. <laughs> um, or I'm the perfect, uh, perfect uh, person to be watching because I'm like, hey, wait a tick. He doesn't look like a face wrestling that guy. Well, Kenny's being a real bully. And then at the end, I'm like, hey, that is bullying behavior. Faces don't do hey. that. Hey, Kenny. <laughs> Ken- <sighs> Kenny's turning heel. No. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much the story of this match, right? Yeah. Like, it was a good match. There, you know, uh, all those guys doing the all of those guys things, um, Young Bucks being Young Bucks mm. and, and Lucha Express being Lucha Express. Um, I, I, I think what's... But, yeah. Just like now we're, we're at the point of the Four Horsemen, the Four Horsemen's going to be Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks, right? With like Paige as the outsider super mega face, but where does Sean Spears fit into that? He uh, falls into a, a ditch and uh, is eaten by ants alive. I don't, I don't. I don't think he's going to. I think this is what I think is going to happen, right? Because because I was going to say Dax uh, pointed at Tully at the end of his match and made a four horseman. I did not see that sign. I see everything, man. Anything Horseman related. That's pretty much the only reason I'm watching Dynamite every week now is to to see these little clues. 
Um, I think it's going to be Sean Spears. Hangman Page is your big Ric Flair type. Um, Sean Spears is your mid-card guy, and then you've got FTR as the tag team. I reckon it works with Tully managing. If, you, if you're going to have a heel faction, let, like, Kenny and Mox... Like, Kenny, be the, like, nasty mega heel beat Moxley. Cody, like, nearly lose the TNT Championship, just hold on, and, like, fucking belt on with it. Have uh, the Bucks win the tag titles after... Kenny like uh, belts page and just have them right. go and be like we are where the the highest paid we're the most important we're the executives we're the elite we're you know the four of us and then like let Tully uh like, just forget about Sean Spears as I always do intentionally because <laughs> um, he stinks um and then as he always says Forget about Sean Spears, kids. <laughs> and then uh, then you've got, um, you know, FTR, Page as like the sort of, you know, beer-swilling, stone-cold Steve Austin cowboy. Uh, it is so much better than having Page turn heel. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that, I think it'll be Page... No, who knows? You've been watching the skies on this one. Yeah, man. Yeah, 100%. It's FTR. I'm almost 100% sure Sean Spears. And then it's either Hangman Page or Cody. But I really, because the the big, um, the big uh, rivalry that the Horsemen had was with Dusty. Yeah. So I, I kind of get the vibe that it will be Cody will take the place of Dusty and those four will take the place of the original horseman. But is it, you know, and yeah. then <clears throat> then Arn, because that gives Arn a, a chance to turn on Cody as well and get involved with the horseman. You know what I mean? I just like, I don't want to see Paige as a heel and I really want to see Cody and Kenny as heels. Oh, I don't, I'm not saying that your storyline is, is, bad i don't think that would be great but well we'll see i don't know <clears throat> can i just say that matt jackson uh kicking marcus stunt in the head while he was <laughs> uh flossing is the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> and if we could if we could make marcus stunt get kicked in the head each week while flossing then he would go over with me he's uh marcus stunt <laughs> is legitimately valuable just because you're like Oh shit! That guy just killed him. He's dead. And, um, <laughs> I, I know we're not going to read out moves, but doing a Canadian destroyer off Luchasaurus is pretty spectacular. No, it was. It, look, I I don't hate Marco Stone. I just think that there are times where, in matches like this, uh, you can have him in there. Um, but if he is doing anything in a singles match other than a squash match, I just I just don't believe it. Um, <clears throat> at the risk of sounding like Jim Cornette, I know every time mm. I talk about Marcus, I feel like I sound like Jim Cornette. But no, I'm no, just no, saying, no. Like, as a you fan, don't sound like Jim Cornette um, because you didn't say anything like insanely racist. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So what? What is what? 
happened at the end of this match? I was a little confused. So, you know, I mean, obviously it looks like Kenny is turning mm. here. Well, Kenny belted Marco stunt after the bell. Yeah, but why? Like, it just... Because Kenny's a bad guy. Know, He's, uh... <laughs> Kenny has... Kenny getting serious, and if, like, the way that he gets serious is by beating up an actual child on television, I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome, in my opinion. Um... More of that, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I just it kind of reminds me of old school heel turns in in a way. Like it, it's not. I feel like everything's so telegraphed these days that I didn't see this coming, and I and I'm I'm sure it'll be explained. But I'm literally like, why? What is going? Like, what is? What's going on here? Was it because of the FTR thing earlier where he had beer poured on him? I is it like was that the last straw of him trying to be a nice guy and getting treated like dirt? I think I legitimately think there is a semi meta meta story going on where the Bucks, Cody, and uh, Kenny, uh, the the executive producers, uh, you know, they're the ex- whatever the fuck they are, the executive presidents of the of the company. And they're like, well, we've tried to like make everyone else, but now you know we're not successful enough. We're you know we're working too hard. You blah 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 blah, and they're all turning heel. Yeah, well, they can't win, can they? Because before the, I mean, if we just talk serious wrestling for a moment, um, before AEW started, everyone was like, well, I'm really looking forward to this, but I really hope the elite don't just put themselves mm. over, which they have not done. No. Like at all. In fact, like I think we were saying last week, the the Bucks have done that to their detriment. Yeah, I, I kind of think, and and Kenny Omega a little bit as well. Um, and not re- Cody wasn't really putting himself. I mean, he pretty much lost most of his feuds right until he won the TNT belt. So I think the the issue with Kenny in particular, like the Bucks, still somehow like I really like I didn't like it very much. How just like every time the Bucks wrestled, it was like. Hey, you know they're the best wrestler, the best tag team in the world, and it's like, oh yeah, but they're gonna lose because all they do yeah. in AEW is lose. But like Kenny Omega was like not looking like a star. No, well the Young Bucks became it was like that John Lennon joke about Ringo Starr, right? Like best drummer in the world, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> like um, that's you know uh harsh but that's it started to feel that way with the bucks like i really agree with you like jim ross especially because i think it was the only tag team name he knew um you know would bang on and on about how the young bucks were the best tag team in the world you're like well there's the lucha brothers and (laughs) hangman and page and yeah Mm. um so i'm really interested to see where this goes like I, i but i was genuinely like not shocked, but like, oh, well, yeah, I suppose a little bit shocked that this happened and it sort of came out of nowhere. I didn't see it happening. I got swerved, man. Yeah, me too. I got a couple of really brief notes before we get to the main event because I'm sure you've well, there's, got there's, there's, an, there's another match and a promo before the main event as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't write down the – are we talking about the girls' tag team? Yes. Match? Which yeah, I didn't even bother putting notes in. I don't know why Dustin Rhodes hates Ali. And the only re- like the only thing I can think of, it's got like a real like UMI Jamie's got a gal thing where it's like my friend QT has girlfriend and I he's not spending as much time with me anymore. 
Like, I, just, I don't understand. Like, hating your friend's girlfriend isn't cool. It's just weird. No. No. And I think, like, they're not getting... Unless you've been watching AEW from the start, they're not getting the idea that Ali is was a heel. Like, she, she wasn't a big enough player for everyone to be like, oh, yeah, she used to be a heel. You know what I mean? I'm, like, like legitimately shocked that... Of the Butcher, Blade, and Bunny, the part of it that I'm enjoying least is the Bunny who, like, I really like Ali. I liked Ali in TNA. Um, I thought she was going to, like, be a major player in the women's division. Um, I And, like, the Butcher and Blade are like, I don't give a shit about. And now I'm like, okay, I hope to see the Butcher and Blade do something ridiculous. Oh, and Ali's here doing something that I don't care about. Yeah. Oh, and here's Ali, great. Um, yeah, I, I care so. Li- this is the second. This was the second time this week I saw this match, mm. and because um, they were on dark as well, doing the exact same thing, almost down to like the celebration afterwards. So, to me, I looked at this match halfway through, and I was like, "Oh, they're just trying to pump as many road miles into Brandy, I think, as possible." Which you know, fine, but don't expect me to care while you're doing no. it. You know, like if you're taking, like I know she's not just your normal sort of developmental wrestler because of her position in the company and stuff, but to be using TV time to be developing someone, yeah, that's not there. that blatantly. I was just like, Bleh. like, well, I just <clears throat> if I wanted to watch. You know what I mean? Like, if I wanted to watch developmental wrestling, then that's what Dark's for. Yeah. So I was just like, and this story, like, we've taken the piss out of it so many times, but the, the main, one of the main protagonists isn't even there and they're still <laughs> carrying on with it. You know, I was just like, uh, and th- that poor um, Paige girl, is it, what's her first name? I've got it here in front of me. I should, I should just look it up. Uh, oh, Kenzie Page. Mm. Like, she is a – she just gets the – I mean, obviously she's a jobber, but, man, she just gets the shit kicked out of her by Brandy Rhodes, like, every second week. Um. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, like – I have this, like, new fascination, and it's that the one thing I would want more than anything in, in wrestling is access to the amount of certain T-shirts sold. Like, yeah. if I want to know, because I imagine they've sold at least one, what psychopath is wearing a Chief Brandy <laughs> Officer T-shirt? <laughs> like, that's an unwell person. Yeah, I think you're going to get quite a few guys buying them because Brandy's a very attractive young lady. Mm. And then it's also an opportunity to go up to her in these guys' minds, and it's an icebreaker. You know what I mean? Women women like, do tend to fall for you when you're wearing their T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, a neckbeard would be like, I'm going to buy Brandy's T-shirt, and the next time I see her at, you know, well, my God, I can't remember, Starcast, I'll go up to her and, <laughs> and go, Brandy, can you sign my shirt? <laughs> I mean, it's a good play, and good luck to you. 
yeah, that's my plan and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to directly insult you. No, no, that was, you saw right through me. That's my actual plan. Um, next up, uh, we had uh, Dasha, um, who for some reason was doing this interview rather than the most boring man in wrestling. Mm. <laughs> um, he's so boring, I've forgotten his name. <clears throat> um, had an interview with the Native Beast, Nyla Rose. And I was watching this promo and I was like, oh, we're going to string this out. You know, who's Nilo's, who's Nilo's, Nilo Kerrigan, who's Nilo, who is Nilo's manager um, for weeks. And I'm cool with that. You know, it's a bit of mystery and stuff. And then Nilo just went, and here she is. And I was like, oh, shit. And then it was Vicky Guerrero. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I have a one note and it's, oh, no, why is Vicky here? AEW. <laughs> My actual notes go like this. Vicky Guerrero is a manager, dot, 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 fuck, exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, and if we hadn't if we hadn't had enough of a catchphrase previously, Matthew, it's been remixed oh in her theme God. song. Did you hear yeah, that? This is good. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! And the first thing, first thing, as she comes out of the tunnel, excuse me, like oh no! You no. really just say this is not going to add to my enjoyment of this show. No, look, I actually, that period of Vicky Guerrero I didn't like, but there's been plenty of other stuff that she has done. The, the run that she did with uh, Chavo and, and Ray after Eddie passed away, she was heavily involved in that storyline. She was really good in it. You know, She had worked with Eddie previously. Like, she's not bad. She can be okay in front of camera, but I think, unfortunately, she's most well known for that excuse me sort of character, yeah. and that's what we're going to get in AEW. Yep. And this also reminds me of the Paul Heyman CM Punk, there's your CM Punk reference for the week thing, where you've got someone who's quite, I mean, CM Punk's best in the world on the mic, as far as I'm concerned, and then you gave him Paul Heyman as well, and they were both trying to compete for time. And I, I think Nyla Rose's promos have been really good. Yeah. So I, I don't, you know, managers are for people who can't talk, kids. I don't really understand. Mm. You know what I mean? I just feel like these two are going to be competing. And you sort of saw that towards the end of this. Mario did a whole bunch of talking. And then Vicky Guerrero came out and almost sort of said the same thing, but just in a slightly different way. Yeah, I don't think it elevates anyone, does it? No, it just doesn't. It just, you know, if you gave it to someone like um, Penelope Ford, maybe it would make a little bit more sense because she doesn't seem to cut as many promos but anyway it'll give us something to take the piss out of and be angry about for months on end well as, <laughs> so as, good as where we're leading to i'm not going to be angry for months on end because i'm finished with wrestling oh this is the last episode is it <laughs> i can't believe you've stayed on the line this long to be honest i'm going to get into bush poetry that's what i've decided Bush poetry oh, won't let be, me down. At least you'll still be upsetting yourself on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> but you are a piss midget, Tony Khan, and uh, I, <laughs> I hate you. How could you do this? 
How could you do this? Well, Matt, can I play devil's advocate for a little bit? Are we just going straight to the ending? Are we even going to talk about what happened Sorry, during the match? I don't, or I don't, I don't talk about it. You don't care? <laughs> it's absolute bullshit. Well, from my point of view, I um, well, I, I, I feel like when uh, John Moxley is there, I'm nervous to say this. I feel like a, a fist is going to come down through the <laughs> my laptop and punch me in the head. Um, I feel like the show is more important when John Moxley is there, but not just the belt. But he is—he does have star power. Like he is a—he is a legitimate champion. Like when he arrives, there is that sort of moment of like, oh wow, John's here for me. I know you wouldn't. He have is this a way hot dog cart toting loser. <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. <laughs> Uh, I thought he got a really good promo before the match, and I was generally when the when both of the guys came, uh, well, you know, when Brian Cage started coming to the ring for the match, I was genuinely excited for this match. Like I was like, yeah, man, this is a big this because it had been the build up had been so long. Um, I was actually like legitimately excited for the match. John Moxley did not beat Brian Cage. John Moxley beat Cage. <laughs> Has is a piss midget, and I'm, I, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they did this this way. If they want their title yeah. to continue to mean nothing, then, and it does, it does. And and uh, John Moxley boring. John Moxley sucks. Uh, they had the opportunity to put it on uh, the greatest wrestler. The the. Not the greatest wrestler of all time, to be fair, but definitely on the Mount Rushmore of the four greatest wrestlers <laughs> of all time. And so that's Repo Man, Al Snow, uh, <laughs> how fucking and, uh, Jim the Anvil Nine Hard. As if I would pick. As if I would pick two WWF jobbers and an ECW jobber. <laughs> I just like you've upset me even more <laughs> that you would underestimate me at that point. Uh, of course it's the uh, what are they called the dungeon of doom that's yes maybe <laughs> like obviously Kevin Sullivan is on and Brian Cage that's the Mount Rushmore of- <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this this is bad now because uh, I really do like Brian Cage, and I really was upset by the ending of this. But it sounds like <laughs> that I'm also still upset that uh, the Dungeon of Doom was thwarted in destroying <laughs> Alchemania, um, which they should have done. Wouldn't have had to have all that NWO rubbish if you had to just let Kevin Sullivan as the Taskmaster destroy Hulk Hogan. But anyway, yeah, no, but. <laughs> That was an obvious mistake on WCW's yeah. part. They had a good storyline going, and they went into all that garbage. <sighs> no, but can we can we seriously talk about the ending of this match? Because I, I think we are going to agree with each other that it was a kind. Of, it's from a fan's point of view and from a storytelling point. I suppose there's two different things going on here, right? Like from fans' point of view, it's like this feels like what I've been bitching about on the NXT podcast for weeks, um, where. Hey, boys and girls, we're having a huge championship match this week um, and all of this stuff is going to get decided and then screwy finish. 
what I don't understand is if if you're going to have the lights go out and have Darby Allen appear and attack, why wouldn't you have had like you want to make Moxley look strong? Have like Moxley have Cage in the armbar. Cage is struggling. The lights go out. Darby Allen comes. Darby Allen's there and he starts beating the shit out of Cage. Like yeah. just like. Have that be the ending. Then there's a disqualification. Cage doesn't need a rematch at that point. He can go straight to Darby Allen because he's more angry about that. Mm. And Mox is still the champion and can go into Mox Kenny twenty or whatever they're going to do. Um, like it just it it didn't make a whole lot of sense to have Darby appear after a screwy finish. Like you've got almost two screw. Like I thought the Darby appearing was cool, and like the hitting him with the skateboard was cool. Not a hundred percent sure. I'd like want to see the build up to Cage Derby, um, but that's fine. I'm sure the match will be really, really good. Um, but yeah, I just don't know why they didn't. If if that was the big thing, then have that be the end of the match. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, my problem is if you. Uh... Yeah, I just, I'm getting pretty sick. And this is, you know, no, it's more, this is, I think this is just pent up aggression at WWE more than anything. But if you're going to have a championship match, that's the blow off, right? Like that's the blow off of the storyline most of the time. <clears throat> and I understand that, like, well, actually, I don't understand because it, like, like you say, John Moxley doesn't, he kind of looked strong. For a second, but then the lights went out, and it was all about Darby Allen. Mm. Well, it was like- so like this storyline of Mox and Case that's been going on for months is kind of resolved, sort of, but it almost it feels like they're hedging their bets. You know what I mean? Like when I'm looking through the storyline, I'm like, okay, so what you're doing here is that you're taking this storyline, the Mox Cage storyline, and you're just going to put it on the back burner for a bit. Um, and then because Darby Allen's back and you want to give him something, you're going to give him Cage, so then that keeps those two busy. And because Moxley's the champ, you know, he can have another little feud with someone else. And then we can come back to, to Cage and Moxley later because we've always got that, well, Taz threw in the towel and I never actually quit. Mm. But like, if, but that's so unsatisfying. You're, you're not going <laughs> to go straight into a continued... Uh, like a continued Cage Moxley feud. Like, what's the point of having a screwy ending where, like, it doesn't make either of them look weak or strong? It just sort of makes them both look like they decided that the match should be finished when it wasn't quite finished. Like, you could have had Cage Derby start with Cage losing a hard fought match, and you could have had. Cage Darby yeah. start by Darby screwing him out of the match, or you know you could have had Cage Darby start next week um, with Brian Cage as champion, um, which is maybe what I would have done. But um, it just doesn't really like having Taz throw the towel in doesn't do anything for anyone. Um, and like no. also like. If, if there's going to be dissent between Cage and Taz, that's bad because Taz is 
one of the best things on the show. Oh, most definitely. So, yeah. I know we've sort of spoken about in the past of like, uh, you know, every time there's a moment where we feel sort of like, oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. Then the next week, everything sort of is woven together in a way that you go, oh, okay, well, all the stuff I was bitching about, I feel bad because now this has happened. It's enabled this to happen. But this felt very sort of um, paint by numbers, WWE ending like, we're not 100% sure what we want to do with this yet, so like we won't give, really give you anything. And, you know, like we'll make it look like we're trying to give you something, but ultimately there's no payoff for anyone here, really. And, um, and we also may have ruined <laughs> a really good gimmick in the, in the, in the collateral damage. And the it. only way they can make this particular thing better is by saying last week was all a dream. And uh, this is actually Fight for the Fallen and Brian Cage is your champion. And I'm going to give them that opportunity. <laughs> okay. Um, well, look, stranger things stranger things have happened. Uh, remember when Vince McMahon blew up on screen and the President of the United States had to call Vince to make sure he was okay? <laughs> um, and then he was on TV the next week. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it'll go somewhere interesting, but I just hope we don't start to see sort of, you know, because so far there's been so few plot holes with AEW and it's been one of the things I've really loved that there has been a lot of attention to detail with all the storytelling that I really hope we don't just career off into like, you know, so let's say next week we have a a Darby Allen, Brian Cage storyline that goes on for a couple of months. Mm. And then, you know, Mox doesn't become, you know, Mox loses the belt to, I don't know, let's say Kenny. And it's just never, you know what I mean? It'll just leave such a yeah sour taste in my mouth of, of that feud that I actually really enjoyed when it when it could get some momentum. And I think it's a real, my, my two concerns are one, that was an hour and 50 minutes of like really good TV, like really good wrestling almost every mm. match and almost everything was really really good and then to end in such a sort of shitty way um you know hopefully Derby coming back is enough of a payoff to make up for that uh, and then two AEW's been really really bad at once people lose title opportunities keeping them important like I watch being the elite and like I don't particularly enjoy being the elite um yeah but like the the dark order storyline in being the elite like uh, i was really excited about Brody lee coming in and they have like it sucks it really sucks <laughs> um yeah and he's way too talented and like maybe it's that like actually like i'm wrong and he's not that talented and like this is what he wants to do and it just happens that he just sucks but um i hope no no but you've seen it in wwe that you know like he is talented Mm. um it can cut good promos and stuff and just sort of with that dark order thing i don't think they can work out this is what I think it is, right? Because if you hear um, 
you hear the old timers in like Skiavone and JR who don't seem to like any of this stuff, even though they were quite happy to put over Sting and The Undertaker for decades. Um, They don't seem to like anything that's not FTR, basically. (laughs) To them, FTR is what wrestling should be. And that's fine. So I I think you would have people having ideas about the Dark Order that are probably more sort of, you know, spooky and other well we've got mates like this who hate that shit yeah. you know what i mean and they have those sort of ideas and then over time because it started off more like that and now it's sort of turned into this like he's vince yeah you know what i mean the dark order the dark order is wwe well, i think it was like lame when it was spooky. i felt that it was like lame when it was spooky quite like fun when it was Scientology and now lame again that it's Vince. Like it's it's like when like, yeah, anyway, we've talked about this before. It, it's not great. Anyway. Yeah, I just think you need to drop all the WWE references. It's not, I don't think that many people care. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the noisy marks on wrestling Twitter do. Mm. Most people don't. No, not at all. You know what I mean? They don't care what. If you're an AEW person, you don't care what WWE are doing, and vice versa. Yeah. And if you watch both, and you're happy that there's two shows to watch rather than one, mm. which is pretty much where I am most of the time. Even though the other show I watch makes me so angry <laughs> all the and time. If the, <laughs> if the biggest heel is another wrestling promotion, that's never going to pay off. No. Um, no, because well, yeah, like, what are you gonna? There's not going to be AEW versus NXT pay per view happening anytime no. soon. So, um, I, I just think my point with that Dark Order thing is if they went full on with it and had Brody Lee, because with that spooky stuff at the beginning, they didn't have Brody Lee. They didn't have someone that they could center that storyline yeah. around. And we've seen from what he's done previously, he can do that. He's a big dude. He's got those intense eyes, like. You know, if he was essentially brainwashing people to, that's what that's what I find interesting about that Colt Cabana stuff. Besides the fact that I really like Colt, the fact that he's like almost joined the Dark Order without even realizing it, I like that. That's kind of a cool storyline. And if Brody Lee had that ability to do that, then that's that's an interesting storyline. And who cares if it's over the top? It's wrestling yeah. for God's sake. You know, like. And now it seems like fun with it. Go crazy. there's sort of two weeks in a row of dynamites. Now I think I'll I'll, I'll go through the uh, next week's matches in a minute um, and mm. get your thoughts. But um, there's two weeks in a row where it, there's no Cole Cabana, Brody Lee match, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. So maybe. I mean, Colt did look pretty injured, so oh, maybe okay. they're just... Well, that makes sense. Well, I mean, the big giant bruise didn't look... No, the big great. giant... I forgot about the big giant bruise. Um, that yeah. was bad. I, uh, I'll never be able to forget about that. That's <laughs> one of the most horrendous. You, you, you are really changing the English language. I Tonight I am, yeah. Uh so, yeah, I agree with you. This was an enjoyable two hours that ended in a way where I was like, oh, mm. <laughs> this is the best way. I can only describe it with a noise of like, oh, uh, 
Okay. Yeah. And then, like, I thought the Derby coming back was cool, but I still felt physically ill uh, by the fact that Brian Cage was not the champion. <sighs> I can't believe they've done this to me. Um, you've got one week, Tony Khan. You've got one week. Yeah, I think Brian Cage will be champion at some point, I, I, whether it's next week. I, I don't think, think that's going to beat that piece of shit, John Moxley. Oh, it's so bad. I don't want a heel to beat him. I want, well, I know that Brian Cage is a heel, but it, um, actually, to be fair, no one fighting John Moxley is a heel because John Moxley sucks so much. Um, he does. <laughs> I really, I feel like if you listened to me four episodes ago, I'm, I'm like really singing the praises of John Moxley, and slowly it became like, well, he hasn't done anything good since CZW. Um, yeah that descent has been rapid as your as your love of brian cage has elevated your hatred for john moxley there's a equal uh uh helix of there's a double helix of of your love and hate for both well i think you're going to need to get really into darby allen is my (laughs) prediction because uh, I think Darby's coming up uh, on the... I think it feels like anyone who uh, goes against Cage I hate, so... Uh, <laughs> I don't... I've started to really go off Darby Allen in the last couple of weeks. We discussed this last week. Um, mm. The... Uh, next week. Let's, let's, end, let's end on a positive note. Uh, and I yeah, feel like the the first announced match for Dynamite will get will get you like immediately very excited. Um, Cody Rhodes versus the question mark. But to be clear, it's not oh. the NWA's. Well, it might be. We don't know. Oh. But it is just a question mark. Oh my god! If it, <laughs> oh. look. If it's the question, if it's the question mark from NWA, it might be a bit embarrassing because, like, the question mark is essentially NWA's joke character. Um, so that there's no way that you could make that match. There's no way that you'd be like, "Is Cody Rose going to lose the question mark?" Well, like the question mark doesn't lose though, so it might be worse <laughs> for Cody Rhodes. Be like, "Wow, Sunny, Sunny yeah. Kiss really sucks." <laughs> And another thing as well is uh, it would break my heart a little bit to see another NWA guy come across to to AEW. Um because NWA Billy Corgan has been doing the right thing with COVID. He hundred percent did the right thing when speaking out hit them and like uh they're trying to be good. <laughs> I feel like they're getting punished yeah. a bit for Which that. is you ironic know, like because could... it's been a really long time musically since Billy Corgan has tried to be good. The last Pumpkins album was all right. Yeah, you're actually right, but I like I, I still feel the joke stands. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't does, you can't does. have twenty years of bad albums. <laughs> It's, well, the strokes yeah. the strokes got real close. Anyway, this is not what we're talking about. Um, 
Ivalese versus Diamante. <laughs> Who? It's, Sorry, it's, what it's, was that? It's a it's a blood feud. Um, Ivalese versus Diamante. <laughs> Ivalese. I don't know. Is there Diamante? That's that. She's like a fashion. She thinks she's a fashionista, but she's. Pick not. one, and if you get it wrong, you're not. If you get the winner wrong, you're not a real wrestling fan. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, uh, Diamante. I don't. I don't know who these guys no. are. So, I don't know. Uh, the first Hangman Page versus Five, the uh, British pop band from the term. <laughs> <laughs> century. Um well that's a five on one match, so that's a handicap match. I'm still I'm still gonna go with uh five is the is he the 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 special one in the dark order? Like the one that's got the big white hood and uh five is uh, uh, well look I was planning on uh Googling it so I could tell you. Uh, however, when you Google image 5AEW, you get top 5AEW moments, top 5AEW moments, five big weaknesses of AEW, top 5AEW stars who can thrive, top 5AEW matches. Ah, here we go. Alan Angels. He doesn't seem to have a – he's got a big tattoo on his chest. No. Uh, yeah, I think it might uh... – no, it's not. It's not that guy. Anyway, um, Hangman Page. Oh, that's a controversial pick. Um, <laughs> MJF uh, versus question mark. I would not be surprised if this was Darby Allen. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, Darby's back. Like, why not? Um, it's got, like, if they're not announcing who he's going to fight, it, it'll either be MJF coming out and then, like, Calling out Marco stunt, or <laughs> no, or I only want to see Marco stunt if he's getting punted in the head while flossing. That's I. It's the only time. <laughs> in fact, I might go back and watch that again. I enjoyed that so much. <laughs> I think once, once we finish recording, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna watch that on a loop for half an hour like a crazy person. Um, so that will be good. Um. Either it will be like Rusev or someone, and MJF will. I, it surely is not going to be. They're building an MJF Cody story. It'll be great. Um, MJF will kick the shit yeah. out of whoever question mark is. Uh, next match, uh, which is, I think probably both of our main events, uh, the Young Bucks versus it's us, the Butcher and Blade. <laughs> when did we become Butcher and Blade fans? <laughs> When they did some terrible acting in a promo and um, we just loved them. And the other thing as well is that um, anyone that JR tries to bury, I'm <laughs> automatically the number one fan. As soon as he's like, in a bakery? then I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up, old man, but they're my favourite wrestlers <laughs> now. So um, this should be an all right match. I think it'll be great. Um yeah, I'm sure it will involve something ridiculous, which is all I want. Like, uh, look, I'm uh, interested in any 
Butcher and the Blade match is it's all about the entrances with uh, Butcher and the yep. Blade now, right? So I'll be interested to see whose car they've stolen. <laughs> uh, maybe they've stolen the Pope Mobile. Oh, uh, to really, I'm sure to the, really like, the young bucks the have like a ridiculous hippie, like a combi van or something. Oh, <laughs> the the Jackson Mobile. Because <laughs> it seems like oh, everyone in everyone in AEW shares a car. Um, yeah, if you're a tag team, you have one car between you. you. live together. Uh, and then... Uh, the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> the, the actual main event, uh, Jurassic Express uh, versus Jericho and uh, Hager. Oh. Oh, so it's um, Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy. Yes. Um, well, that, that, no, Jackie, Jackie Aker's in there. God. Yeah. Like, it, look, it'll hopefully be, really feeling yeah, it'll be fine. Um, Jericho will do enough to make it good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say they're really feeling the, the Sammy Guevara, you know, sized hole. Yeah. That's been like in the inner circle. Like, it really um, should be a sex gods. Uh, which, yeah. Well, that's a tag. That's a tag name that probably needs to be dropped. Yeah, I just thought of that when I said that. One. <laughs> it's not your fault. You, you the know. chased friends. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the I've thought about my actions and words, <laughs> and I'm very truly sorry, uh, yeah, friends. They'll, they'll get Sammy like a promise ring, and he can do like a Jonas Brothers, you know kind of chased thing for a while. Um, I hope he doesn't make any reference to it at all in kayfabe. Yep, agreed. Um, Hard agree. You know, like if he comes to the ring in a Sasha Banks T-shirt or something, it's like, no, 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 no. You've missed missed the point. Just don't. Um, But, yeah. See, the thing about next week's... um, show like it on paper that doesn't sound that great compared to what we've had the last three weeks but it'll probably end up being the best show i find that those those shows where they you look at the bill and it's not as great as say like this week or the week before they're usually the shows that i really end up enjoying yeah not not that i haven't enjoyed the last couple of weeks i have but um I'm, pro- I'm just, I think I'm a bit, because I watch NXT every week as well, I'm a bit over these like special event yeah. shows that really get my hopes up. And then when I end up watching them, it's like, oh, that was a good episode of Dynamite. Mm. Well, that's why I think like it is significantly like there's there's certain matches that they've pre-announced where you're like, I, I know who's going to win this match. Like five isn't going to beat Paige. Um, no. But... Like, I think, you know, like, hopefully, like, you know, if, if Brian Pillman Jr. comes out uh, to answer Cody's open challenge, like, that's sick. That's an awesome match. Yeah, that's most likely who it would be, right? Like, I mean, it would, unless they've got someone that got released by WWE or, uh, I don't know, um, I mean, a Dalton yeah, Castle or NWA something person, like that. So, yeah. Um, well, I don't yeah, think it can be Marty, Marty Skrull. I think Marty Skrull's on the back burner for a while. 
Yeah, for a little bit. Um, and yeah, he is Ring of Honors. He's the main. He's the main guy there. The same with Nick Aldis and, and then WA. Yeah. So I don't see either of those guys um, going anywhere anytime soon. Unfortunately, you know, well, fortunately for competitiveness, but unfortunate for us as AEW fans because mm. those two would be uh, amazing. Although Moe Scroll, uh, yeah. Nick Aldis would be great. Oh, well, it'd, be anyway, great to uh, see, uh, it'd be great to see Nick Aldis come over to AEW and not get over as much as he should, even though you're like, I like everything about it. Everything he's doing is right. Why don't doesn't anyone react to him? Um, but anyway, that's for another day. <laughs> uh, cool, man. Well, yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up there. But um, I think we're probably both in a better mood now than when we started recording. Oh, I'm in a rancid mood, right? but uh, I will be for the next day until they say that was all a dream. Well, this is, you know, this is how I felt last week after Orange lost, so. You do each day gets a little bit easier. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see. I'll, if anyone needs any advice on dealing with that loss and trauma, uh, just just hit me up. Yeah, you can uh, you can contact Matt on all the socials uh, and talk uh, Brian Cage. Um, cool. Let's leave it there, man. We'll be back next week for another episode of WrestleBoy.